0: It's going to be the shortest episode, 17 seconds long. My dear friends, Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David, easy for me to say, how are you fellas doing?
1: Would be better if you learned my title. It's terrible. Eh, it's it's fine. It's fine.
2: You know, sometimes you just got to keep adding things on to the end of your title, right? We already (laughs) did that. <laughs> we oh, just yeah. gotta That's add another one. You
1: gotta truncate it. It's fine.
0: Nah. Ensign, first officer, commander, lieutenant, junior, grade, <laughs> yeah. personado, mother of dragons, sister of guitars, and, you know, uncle of harmonicas.
2: Yep, yep. yep. My favorite one. right. My favorite one of those is still in Mad Max 2. If you've seen Mad Max Two, it's pretty pretty awesome. Like the the Lord Humongous is the is the villain's name, and he has like his announcer who announces him to everybody, like King of the Wasteland, you know, like all that Lord Humong first of his name, Lord Humongous It's funny. I I can't do it justice. Yeah, go watch Mad Max Two for yourself because it's by far the best Mad Max in my opinion man man
1: well
0: titles aside how's everyone doing
1: i'm tired i I know i'm I'm very i'm very tired we 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 went to uh the the cruise home opener last night um and it was a late game very very good wound up like ubering down not a problem there uh, tried to like get a little bit of a ways away from the stadium to get another Uber, but they also had the Arnold Classic in town, mm,
2: okay. which
1: is a, a big deal in, in Columbus. Couldn't get an Uber back. Wound up walking quite some time. <laughs> it was... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, dude, I'm sorry. Hey, drinking and driving does not mix, kids, so... <laughs> that's
0: right, that's
2: right. <sighs> I mean... It doesn't. Drinking and driving. No, no kids. Don't do no. It, gang. Don't do it. Don't
0: do it, gang. Don't do it. Well, um, speaking of drinking and
1: driving, <laughs> that's a horrible segue. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I remember this one time. <laughs>
1: remember, you are both teachers. What I was going to say as like a really
0: bad segue was. I really hope Eric wasn't drinking and driving for his birthday that he recently celebrated.
2: Yeah, that I did just celebrate one, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yay. Yay you. me, right?
0: Dude, like I'm just gonna rub it in because I just did this with my brother in law, by the way. Uh huh. You are no longer in your mid thirties, you're now in your late thirties. No, nah,
2: no uh uh uh-uh. Three four or <laughs> er, four <laughs> four, five, six, that's the mid, right? You can say I'm no longer closer to 30 than I am to 40, but 3, 4, 5, or 3, 4, 5, 4, 5, 6, that's the mids. The mind is the first to go, old man.
1: Yeah, are you at the point where you, oh, I'm 29. Is, is that is that around when, when it happens?
2: Yeah, no, I, I don't want to go back to my 20s. I had God, them. No. They were fun. No. In, the, no. in the early half of it, they were fun, right? Later on, it started to creak and groan, still doing that, but like,
0: yeah, every day. you know,
2: on the chance that I do go out drinking, I have to remind myself that I'm 35, not 25, <laughs> 36 now, I guess. Yeah, man.
0: Well, <clears throat> I know you're not one for celebrating it, but um, just wanted to at least say happy birthday on, on air um, to you, you know, and... I hope that it was at least fun, you know, whatever you did, whether it was just going to your favorite restaurant or just time with your fiance and, you know, other friends and family in your
2: neck of the woods. Yeah, room, so. we like Friday night, we went we went out to a play at community theater, right? I'm a big nice. I love theater and I community theater. I'm I'm very supportive of it, you know gives people an opportunity to get on stage right that wouldn't normally get that opportunity it gets like plays that you wouldn't normally see on a big theater and it's just it's really interesting to see like how creative people can get with small sets and small budgets and it was really cool i didn't expect it to be like it was like it was almost black box where we went in the sense that like oh cool like it was just there was no stage they, they were up on it was just they were just on the same floor as we were and there was like a couch and a like a door and a couple of end tables and that was the set and it was and like at some point like they were like we were in the front row like out of two rows right two rows up here and two rows <laughs> on the side and they were like 10 feet away from me the entire performance that's what we call spitting distance yeah
0: so that was cool. You see the spit leave their mouth, you
2: know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was cool. And then after the – after the, we both enjoyed the play, right? And then after the play at the same theater, there was an uh, improv comedy show. That's so cool. that was fun. That's cool. Well, well, well. Well, Eric, thanks for leading
0: the way with birthdays. Yep. Among us. I'm the elder three, statesman here. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> Do we have to honor our, our elders David in this case?
1: Uh, eh, prob- probably out, should. So? Yeah, okay. Probably should. Okay, fine. Maybe we can maybe we can just promote him to senior commander. I know that's not a real thing, but it could be. Well, like senior captain's a thing,
2: right? isn't that what Riker is right now? <laughs> Basically, pro tem. Okay. Ah, commander pro tem. There we go <laughs> Senior Commander Pro Tem <laughs> you know Emerit- Emeritus got, so.
1: yeah. <laughs> Esquire Seeing as we're just throwing stuff out there <laughs> you know, we're just down. <laughs>
0: That's right Okay There we go mm-hmm. Senior Commander Eric There we go Oh man so well cool like I'm that that sounds like fun we went to uh, a couple years back we went to something um, in uh, like in a town north of us and it wasn't like it was at um, the one of the universities and it was like a senior play where like the seniors like would um, write and produce the whole thing and some of my favorite theater is whenever it's just like the actors and like very minimal props. And it was just like, like you were saying, like, you know, like there's like door kind of like on wheels, basically. Like for most of it, it was just there, but it was just like just a stage, like nothing else, like no other like, you know, um, backdrops or anything like that. And I don't even remember what the name of it was, but like I just remember it being like one of my absolute... Favorite theater experiences that I've been to, and I've been to quite a few, um, but it was it was really cool. So I'm happy for you, man. Yeah. So David's tired from walking. Eric's tired from just getting old. And what are you tired
2: freaky. from, Chase?
0: I'm tired of everything. Chasing man. the little just...
2: ones around. Oh my gosh. Dude. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. So. um, Michelle wanted to do something nice for me um, this weekend, I mean she always wants to do nice stuff for me but um, in particular she wanted to um, get me a new suit uh, in preparation for a presentation I'll be making in the near future and she just wanted to make sure I look good, like professional and whatever Um, so we went to several different suit shops um, looking for places and do y'all have like K&G where y'all live? Heard of K&G. There was
2: one. There was one in Flint, right on Miller was, on Miller yeah.
0: Road, about by, by mm-hmm. the mall. Yep, I used to go there quite a bit uh, for for suits and stuff. Um, I didn't know they were down here, though. I thought that was just like a northern thing. So we went. Uh, we looked at quite a few different like department stores and you know men's warehouse type things, and um, couldn't really find anything, <clears throat> especially for the price. And uh, we were we went and ended up at K and G and. I found some suits that I loved, absolutely loved, but the um, like the proportions just weren't right. Like the jacket would be fine, but the pants would wouldn't be, or the pants would be fine, but the jacket wouldn't wouldn't be. And I'm like, forget this, man. And um, anyway, so like so so um, the next day we we went and looked, and during these two days of like hunting for suits, by the way. Um, our kids are in tow with us and they are just running amok, like getting into all sorts of mischief and stuff. And John, my son is just crying and fussing and having his, like feeling his feelings and stuff. And like me and my my wife were like, man, we just can't take these kids shopping anywhere. Like we just can't do this. Like, it's a bad idea. And I'm like, I know, I know that's my story that's what I'm tired of I'm just tired <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I actually just got a a suit made for me here recently
0: oh really bespoke what's that like a, bes- a sp- bespoke t- uh, um, suit
1: well so I, I guess long story um, Ashley's nephew started working for a small tailor in town oh cool So he came over, did all the measurements, fully tailored suit. I had to pick out like the interior of the jacket and just what all of it was made of. I mean, I'll be wearing it to Eric's wedding. That was kind of the reason for the suit. But uh, yeah, it's a heck of a lot different than buying off rack, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I've never never, uh, had any tailored clothing, period. I mean, I'm such a fashionista as it is, but you know. Yeah, you are. <laughs> but it it, yeah, it's, are, it it's very nice getting getting customers. It wasn't really all that expensive in comparison to stuff that I've seen. So.
2: That's. Yeah, great. we uh we just we I we picked up my tux from the tailor on Saturday, yeah. and you know you you buy it and it's like okay, it technically is the right size, right? You put on the pants and they fit around the waist and you put on the jacket, you can button it up and move your arms, but that doesn't mean it like fits. Yep. So, you know, we took it to the tailor and she's like, put it on and she's pinning things up and you know, you're like, you're not sure how it's gonna look. And you come back a week later and you try it on, you're like, dang, (laughs) like that, that made a difference. (laughs) <laughs> it really does. Yeah, man. Yeah.
0: Oh man. Well, I'm looking forward to, to seeing um uh, seeing those suits. We uh I bought like my jacket off Amazon, so nothing tailored, nothing from Al's formal. Wear you could still
2: take it to a tailor, right? House. You probably can. You know, get those those sleeves and the jacket bottoms like. You could probably still have time to get it, get it worked on a little bit if you wanted to.
0: If I want to be fancy. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. i see, I see how it is. Chase, take it to the tailor. Don't look like you just bought it off Amazon. <laughs> I hear you. I
1: hear take it to the tailor. Get yourself a nice watch. You know, you mm-hmm. just got to go out. Maybe you know, some cufflinks. Yeah. Treat yourself. Mm-hmm.
0: I do. So I do need to get cufflinks, actually, because the the black shirt that I bought.
1: Oh,
2: black shirt.
0: Um, Nice. I mean, the black shirt I bought, um, I thought it was like traditional. It's French cuffed. And and yeah, I gotta get me some some cuff. Which I don't. You don't I, own I, a I pair of cufflinks? More. I I do. Well, I used to. Well, kind of. The pair that I have, um, I lost one of them. Mm-hmm. So it's incomplete set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't like just like the plain old like standard. You know, like black ones that come with, um, like your tuxedo kits or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Like they're just like, I don't know, I don't know how to describe them, but yeah. Anyway, enough about suits. We're gonna be wearing them soon enough, especially Eric on his wedding day. That's right. So, there we go. Well, with that, fellas, y'all want to talk
1: trek? Yeah, sure. Oh. <laughs> okay. Sounds, Sounds. so exciting. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, guys, I guess we're going to talk about Trek today. So, buckle up, Buttercup, because we are going into uh, spoilerific territory. So, this is your red alert. Red alarm. As we talk about Star Trek Picard, Season 3, Episode 3. 17 seconds. Oh, man. Okay, guys. I I really don't want this to turn into a gripe fest about, um, the thing that I'm about to bring up first. Um, this is a legitimate question. I promise this is legitimate. When we look at the start of this episode, like minus the last time on Picard, okay. We look at a younger Riker and Picard in the bar sharing a drink. And we look at season one of Picard with Picard and Data in particular, or even Picard and Rafi in like their uh, what was it their 2385 uniform or 2389 uniform whatever it was. You know, what do we think? Did did how do we do in terms of like the de-aging in season 1 compared to season 3? Because like it, to me that's kind of an important thing. Like if we do it well in season 1, I expect us to do better, like if not the same better um in season three or
2: or vice versa or or whatever i don't know honestly i hate the de-aging like it never looks good in my like i don't know if you saw the irishman a couple years ago robert de niro and al pacino and i just did not i didn't it just like okay they've got this face that like can barely do expressions because all the thing is and it's like and I, I've, honestly, I felt like some of the Luke Skywalker stuff looked a little weird in, like, in, like, the Book of Boba Fett episodes. I didn't care for that. And I'm like... And, like, the Grand Moff Tarkin, it, on theaters, it looked really strange when they... I don't know if that was de-aging, but they put somebody else's, like, head on his body. Whatever. <laughs> like, um... I don't know. It looks... And and looks weird to me. And, like, honestly, I don't think... Like Brent Spiner was very well de-aged when he was playing Data, in the in the first episode of, of Star Trek: Picard season one. I thought he looked like old. Sure, sure, you yeah. Know, it just I don't know. It looks weird to me.
1: Yeah. So <clears throat> with the book of Boba Fett, there was a guy just on YouTube who produced a better de-aging effect than what they achieved in the show. But for as much as people talk about the the deep faking and all this stuff, I don't know that that it's it's just not there yet. I think there are a lot of people that really wanted to be there, but and I've seen some convincing stuff, but most of it just isn't very it isn't very convincing and I'm I'm not sure why we necessarily want to do that. You know, there there are a lot of, there's a lot of cases of like shows and movies in the past that have done just a a younger casting, but there are some fandoms that just don't even want to see that. Like, I mean, one of them, they, they talked about for, for Star Wars, they talked about Sebastian Stan being kind of like one of the guys like hey he could play like a young Luke Skywalker but there's such a weird resistance to that at least in the Star Wars universe I don't I don't really know that we that it would I mean do you guys think it's even really necessary that we had any sort of like smoothing out of this I mean
2: well like there's not to talk so much about Star Wars but it's just like in in Obi-Wan Kenobi There was that scene with, like, it was a flashback scene of Obi-Wan and Anakin, like, lightsaber, dueling and practicing. And I don't think they did any de-aging on that, did they? It was just, like, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, like, 20 years later in real life. And I didn't mind. I thought that was fine
1: yeah same here I mean, hayden christensen is is definitely you know he he's worn some age lines and so forth which is typical i mean he's not a kid anymore i didn't mind that at all honestly that was like one of my favorite things from obi-wan was that whole that whole scene but yeah i mean i, I think it's just the newest technology of the day you know and yeah it's just like fresh on everyone's mind and they're trying to integrate it a little bit more but the the execution as with most things in their infancy just wasn't very good sure
0: I uh I mean when I I look at like the season one like bringing it back to like um, Picard for a second like the looking at what was done in season one I think they did a pretty decent job of like kind of rolling back the calendar like a little bit on Brent Spiner, especially in the, the finale. Like I thought that he, that um, his portrayal of data in the finale um, at an Arcadio part two or whatever it's called. Um, I thought he looked really good, but in the beginning, not so much like, um, but when we were looking at even Picard and Rafi, uh, whenever they're having that flashback, where he's like, "I told him I'd quit because I was, thought they'd like call my bluff or or wouldn't call my bluff or whatever," I thought that looked good for Picard for like that de-aging, even if it was like only ten years or so, you know, within within the show. Um, to me, like part of me appreciated like seeing um, this this scene with um, a younger Picard and a younger Riker. Uh, I mean, this is, what, about 10, 12, some odd years ago, I want to say? Well, I mean, how, how old
2: was, was Thad when he died? That's what I was trying to... Trying uh, you, guys, to um, you guys read the book, right? I didn't read the book, you know, the Riker book. I don't remember the year off the top of
0: my head. But, I mean, it was... You know, that's probably something we should have know- known. Anyway, it's fine. Um, but it just looked a little creepy to me, like what we saw in this. So um, I know we're kind of like talking about like the CGI of it, you know, the deep fake of it before we ever talk about the stuff. But like, you know, this this episode opens up um, and we, we see Picard um, and Riker sharing um, an adult beverage together, um, just talking about life and like multiple toasts after multiple toasts by the way and this thing about um, fatherhood and um, this very tender moment like a vulnerability with um, Riker and Picard and how like um, basically where we're getting like the name of this episode like like how time basically stood still and nothing else really mattered for Riker when things weren't going well for for Thad, whenever he was being born, and um, you know, to always make basically, you know, family important, you know, to stay connected to family and you know, cherish the moments that you do have with them more or less. And um, hey, you never know, it might might happen for you. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, type of thing. So, I mean, the the deepfake stuff aside, I really enjoyed the scene. Um, I just wanted to get you y'all's, y'all's take on. The, the de-aging stuff. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So um I guess with that, just kind of moving forward, I mean we're continuing to, you know, pick up where we left off, right? Like we're um we're dealing like with our consequences of what we did last time. Like let's gun it. Let's get the heck out of here. We're in the nebula and we're doing the thing.
2: We're going we're and going deeper, right? Evasive we're going maneuvers down,
0: down. We're going down, down in an earlier round, and sugar, we're going down swinging. You know,
2: put a little Fallout Boy on that, and we'll be good to go. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, New York. I, I'm aware of the reference you're making. <laughs> I understood that reference. I've heard that song. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: we're, so we're we're <laughs> we're doing that, and uh, we're. Yeah, we're, we're sinking, and we're, we're fi- trying to figure all this stuff out, and a lot of stuff just starts to happen uh, from here, more or less. So while that's happening, more or less, we're also kind of having this conversation, finally, with Picard and Beverly.
2: Do we want to talk about this now? Yeah, I think we do. I think this is central to the episode.
1: Yeah. Okay. I just wanna
0: I wanna preface this real quick and just say that Beverly Cheryl Crusher was born October thirteenth, twenty-three twenty-four.
2: There you go. Okay, twenty-three twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Twenty-four or thirty-four.
0: Twenty-four. Twenty-three twenty-four. Okay. Okay So She's like 78 years old Uh, 76 or 7 Right Well this, this is 2401
2: Well last t- Season 2 was in 2401 I'm assuming this is like 2402 maybe Okay if it is 2401 or 2 Shoot. But yeah 78,
0: 77 Yeah Yeah Somewhere in there so she's no spring chicken herself. Um, so they're they're finally, they 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 show up like Picard shows up in I think like sick bay or like a, an, like a, an office off to the side of sick bay. Is that is that seem right?
2: Yeah, somewhere where they can be alone. Yeah. yeah, and
0: there's like that British face acting that they do with each other for a few seconds and start talking, of like how a baby was made between them basically yeah And so Jack was apparently born around 2379 since that's when Nemesis took place so remember that one time at band camp where they went to the waterfalls Pepperidge Farm remembers you know what I'm saying so they had this little short time. They, they, they There was like this off-screen romance that took place apparently sometime before, like after insurrection, but before Nemesis, like the beginning of the movie started. They had some shore leave together. They went and hung out by a beautiful waterfall and cool stuff happened. And she wanted to say, hey, I'm Breggers, but never got around to it and then wanted to potentially say something at or around the wedding of the Rikers, but also didn't get around to it. And um, oh by the way, um, you know, this, you know, Picard duplicate was trying to kill him, so why would I want to um fight against everyone, you know, to protect my son, basically, which I think that makes sense. Like you want to protect your kids. But just say your thoughts first because i know i'm gonna take this down a rabbit trail
2: i mean well dr crusher beverly here she's like i wanted to tell you but then you got kidnapped by romulans and then you know a grenade blew up next to you and then this other thing happened and i knew there was always this other thing that would have happened right and because you were in so much danger Like, you don't don't need to be thinking about a child. You're doing the Romulan relocation. You're a busy guy, right? You know, you told me your, your father was an awful person who treated you and your brother terribly, and you didn't want to... You were worried that that would be you, which I think, you know, that part might be a fair criticism. Like, you're worried that you might turn into your father, right? But, um, it's like... Do I, like... And then she, and then she also says, she's like, when the galaxy comes calling, you're going to go out and rush. You're not going to be there. You weren't going to be there for him full time. And it's like, it feels like you're trying to justify you. It feels like Dr. Crusher Beverly, she had made a decision not to tell him. And now she's trying to like justify her own actions, her own decision, Mm -hmm. rather than then saying, these are the things that led me to make this decision and i just gotta say i think she's wrong i mean i i really think she's wrong like he had a right to know and you know you and he i i can not know the quote but he says you don't get to like judge me like after the fact or something like that I, whatever his quote was in that opening scene yeah i think she's wrong
1: yeah i mean it, it's a tough commentary because even now, just in our current day and age, we're going through a lot of, you know, who really gets to make the call. And, um... I think we've seen in bits and pieces throughout the series and the movies and and whatever, again, little bits and pieces, how Picard actually reacts to children. Um... He's uncomfortable, but then after a time, I mean, the biggest example would be Wesley, her other son, (laughs) you know, it's like Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways he helped raise Wesley, uh, in, in, a somewhat Olympian role, but, but still, um, But it is tough. I kind of agree with Eric because it sort of seemed like she'd already made a decision based upon whatever was happening at the time. And I kind of feel like for right or wrong, it was probably not the right call. Um, There's also been a lot of talk in, in Trek about, you know, space is dangerous the job is dangerous, but people still continue to marry and have families and there's families on starships. There's, there's inherent danger in that, you know, life finds a, 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 a way, <laughs> but I, I actually thought it was pretty well dialogued out in the scene. Um, a, a, actually, I was a little bit surprised. At the how it was dialogued out in the scene, because I, I hate to say it and, and like not to not to be that guy, but I kind of feel like in most media today we probably would have given one more zinger to Beverly to end it, but in this case we kind of left on. I, I mean maybe the righteous indignation of Picard. Yeah. So the yeah. the moral advantage at least story wise shifts to him but it is difficult because the whole thing is is like i think his bigger point was i could have learned that i was not going to be my father 20 years ago so now i've had another 20 years of wasted time thinking that i was going to turn out this way and he only learned recently through his whole experiences in last season that he wasn't his father. And well, even that his father wasn't the guy that he thought he was. That's right. So, I mean, there's a lot to that. And if he would have, if he would have learned that earlier, how things could have changed, could he have handled some of the situations that he encountered in a different way too, a better way, perhaps even possible. I don't know. It's tough to say, but that's what happens when you take, choice away sometimes it, so, it has unintended consequences in other realms
0: so this is that's an excellent segue thank you for that David and thank, and thank you both for your thoughts on that there is some chatter that's kind of going around in some circles regarding this particular episode when it comes to choice um, in the sense of Beverly and the ability to carry a child so, like I said, just before we started talking about this part of the episode, she was born in twenty three, twenty four. So, when we're talking, like, nemesis, right, like, we're talking 55 years old, give or take, you know, plus or minus a few months. So, if she's 55 years old, and granted, we don't know necessarily, like, what the, um, like, medical technology is in terms of like um you know IVF type things or whatever but if it's anything like um like traditional um I guess science like right now with conceiving a child like typically like you're gonna be like going into like women are gonna be going into menopause around that time like give or take so, some of the some of the questions that are kind of like circling are like, did she actually choose this, right? Like, did she intentionally, like, decide that she wanted to, like, conceive a child? Because it seemed like, in, again, some circles are saying it's kind of far fetched that a fifty-five to sixty-year-old some odd woman would be able to conceive a child.
2: Yeah, but but. You've got to think 300 years of of medical technology, right? That is allowing human lifespans to be longer, right? You know, all kinds of medical technology would would make it easier for older women to have children safely. Sure. Well, we've already extended lifespan too, so
1: maybe mitigating some of the other problems we deal with as we get older
0: yeah and just for the sake of this i mean deanna i just looked this up deanna was born in 2336 so even by the time of nemesis when um, her and will got married she would have been 42 43 years old which it wouldn't be impossible by the way for her to even get pregnant right then and there But it would still, by our standards, it would still be considered what's termed a geriatric pregnancy, even at that time, because of, like, just the lifespan of, like, eggs for women. So, but, I mean, like, I I totally hear you. I just thought it would be, it was worth, like, a little bit of time. So, and maybe this this next part will be kind of moot with um, what I was going to be sharing. I'm going to share it anyway. Where to go? Um, So this is from um, from Nemesis at the very end when they're toasting um, the death of Data, his sacrifice, and um, you see everyone for everyone that can that can't see this, like they're in Picard's ready room at the end of the movie Nemesis. Um, they're all holding up like a little glass of um, Chateau Picard and um, they all take a drink including Beverly so I don't think that was synth the Hall.
1: hey you know a single glass of wine ain't gonna hurt anything
2: yeah but if, if if you don't know you're pregnant like but she knew she was
0: pregnant at this time did she? by this time yes she knew she was pregnant at this time based on the writing of this particular episode
2: i think you're i think you're finding a continuity error that and like you're making too big of a deal of this because they didn't have this story written out that's the problem when you when you you keep going sometimes you're gonna mess things up right it happens like people like calm down these things happen (laughs)
1: But if you want to add another wrinkle, I mean, we had the DS Nine episode where they all went to uh, the what was it? The uh, oh, they dressed up as Klingons and went to Order of the Batleth, and they took a they took a compound so they could drink blood wine all night that would mm-hmm. dissipate the effect, you know. So hey, you know, maybe it's just you know the little little thing there. You know, it's fine. Science in a way. Yeah.
0: I'm just saying, like, with Terry, you know, Matlas being, like, as big of a fan as he is, and, and having worked as a, a production assistant during the Rick Berman era of Trek, I mean, he knows this stuff, like, kind of inside and out.
2: Yeah, but also, Terry Matlis was the showrunner last season who basically wiped Time Zero out of existence. <laughs> he, so, like.
0: So, hold on. <laughs> Like, after reading, like, some interviews, he did not have full control. Like, there was stuff that was already in play with the story, so, like, most of the show running was almost in a, like, ceremonial role. So, I'm going to give that to him a little
2: bit, but depending on how the rest of the season goes, I might take that back. Okay, so I this think I think that we got to pick up the pace on this episode. So, Fine. after we have this conversation... Oh yes, he's your son and all this stuff. Then they talk and like, what do they want from him? Why? Why are they after him? And she goes, or like, or like what's been happening? She's like, I don't know. We were jumped by Fenris Rangers and then Klingons and then she showed up and we don't know who she is. And like, what did? It, why do they want Jack? And Crusher's like, I don't think this has anything to do with him. I think they're after you. And then I'm like, so wait, these people, the like. Picard doesn't know that this is his son. Beverly's held her cards close to her chest, but other people somewhere out there know that this is Picard's son. Like, how do they know that this is Picard's son if she's kept this as a as a closely guarded secret? And if Picard doesn't know this is her his son, he doesn't know he's out there, why is stealing him or kid, kidnapping him... The way to get to Picard, if he doesn't even know it, does were they trying to get Crusher to right. send an SOS right. to Picard to come out? Like, what was their what, what was the plan here in that regard? And like later on, we'll get to it later on. But like later on, we learn that this is linked to this other story, right? And we're like, what did though? When we get there, like, what did those? What does Picard have to do with those people? We'll get to that though.
1: Well, but the the whole thing, just to add a little bit onto that, though, if they wanted Picard, all they had to say was, you have an hour, Admiral, to come to my ship. Mm-hmm. If it was as simple as wanting Picard, if it was all about Picard, it's like, no, you are coming over here.
2: Yeah, but yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, you're right. So I, I'm, I,
1: I, I, it's, it's still got to be something Jack specific, but like, what? I mean, what the heck would that even be? If he's a natural born child, right? I'm a real boy. (laughs) I'm a real boy. I went to, I went to school in London. That's how I got my father's accent. It's not hereditary, apparently. (laughs) Accents aren't hereditary. I did think that that was, that was a good little ad there, because I'm sure somebody was like. You do know that accents are not hereditary. (laughs) He went to London.
0: It's just stuck. It's fine. It's fine. Alright. Well, with that, we have some some blood and some compound fractures that are about to be happening. Oh my gosh, do we have some compound fractures that are about to be happening. So after being chased around, um, and whatnot, and having this little cat and mouse type of game going on, um, we, we end up, um, after a, a series of circumstances, um, Shaw is, um, deciding, hey, let's, let's fire, let's do some stuff. And, um, along the way, some systems continue to get damaged. And, um, so does he, um, him and like a lot of the bridge crews start flying around, uh, landing into stuff. And I think this is like probably like the most realistic, like, bridge, I think, casualty type stuff that we've seen.
1: Well, I don't know, Captain. I think it would have been a heck of a lot better with more flames, like just jetting out of vents and
2: No, Ooh, yeah, no, that flame f- that flame guy works on Discovery. They got, they go, they need to do reshoots on that. He's needed <laughs> over there. Do you think he's okay? I mean, no, they he... need him on Discovery for the reshoots. <laughs> like they don't, they flame don't have guy. two Are flame okay? guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> they got the one flame guy.
1: I, I, I want to yes. ask to be out of a job. <laughs> Oh, God, hopefully he's not out of a job. We need that in that final season. Um, <laughs> d- d- just one of those was it needed moments. So, when we do first get into the sick bay, Beverly's trying to help out and she's helping one person. And then I'm guessing it's the chief medical officer of the ship uh, was like, Hey, Dr. Oak, yeah. It's like you were practicing 20 years ago, you don't know what you're doing. But then, when Shawls brought in, Beverly realizes that he's internally bleeding, where the chief medical officer didn't, because the scan didn't pick it up or something, which yeah, it sounded was like, weird. De- it was to like
2: me. delayed internal bleeding.
1: Yeah, but did? Again, it's like it's one of those was it needed type of deals to justify that she still knows how to practice medicine. Like, couldn't she just have practiced medicine?
0: I mean that's what she was doing like she's essentially doing doctors without borders on a spaceship. It
1: just seemed kind of like a a, a weird thing. Like I understand the anger towards Jack like we had a couple of people yeah. like this is your fault which crazy unprofessional guys. But whatever, fine. But that we had to somehow degrade Beverly's medical knowledge only to have her like make the instant spot, you know, for the captain. It just seemed a little yeah, I mean eh I, I don't know it's like was it needed
0: yeah I mean that seems like a like a pretty basic thing that you would do like at med school like like if you're like I mean I don't, I've never been to med school but like I mean
2: check for why rely rooting.
0: yeah like <laughs> where does it hurt tell me where it hurts <laughs> yeah. right here okay let's okay, scan let me...
1: <laughs> yeah
0: instead of like touching it like okay boom like you have this great next so before any of that happens though like you know like we do see like a bone popping out of of Shaw's leg we see like some major blood you know coming from his like his forehead and everything just a lot of pain stuff going on and in um I think out of it was I had I think it was out of spite. Oh no 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 brother man you got us into this you're going to get us out computer transfer command um codes to um Captain Riker pro tem yeah or but he, he
2: blames Riker for getting them into this like he's like you got us into this you're gonna get it he doesn't blame Picard for getting them into this Do you think yeah, he saw P- through Picard's the ruse that this was like Riker's strategy to try to come on the Titan and con them into going there
0: I mean yeah but I mean Picard at the end of the last episode was like going into like full on Captain Picard mode you know in those like final seconds so if anyone should be to, be, be to blame it should be Admiral Benar yeah cause he's the one
2: Riker. that said you know yeah. don't run belay that or don't don't give up the prisoner belay that take us into the nebula mm-hmm. I don't know if he just thinks that Riker's been in command of a starship more recently the Zhang Hang. yeah yeah
0: I don't know But gives it over to Riker so this is the thing that
1: were you gonna say something to David? Oh, I was saying? just gonna say it just sets up our next level of conflict chase.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think I think that you know Riker should call Picard number one, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> I I I generally speaking I like what happens in on the bridge with Riker in command. Um, it's it's not quite Pike level. Um, but it's it kind of flirts with it a little bit in terms of like Riker getting a feel for his his bridge crew like give me give me some some thought give give me some some information give me some stuff to work with and like he like looks at science and like his Vulcan science officer says something I think we have like um, Sidney LaForge who's saying something uh, about like uh, navigating and stuff like that we get we get a weapons report so like we're getting we're getting stuff from people, mm-hmm. right? He's not just relying on himself and his, you know, Riker maneuver, right? He's checking in with everyone, which I really liked.
2: Yeah, but it, like, it's sad that like I, have, I that that's a special thing these days. It was funny how like uh, Captain Shaw really he tells you know his his operations officers, Helen's been, hey, go go get some rest you've been 36 hours I shift then then like in the he transfers command over to Riker and the forge is right she's right back like how long did they would she take a 20 minute nap
0: she can't be contained yeah, it's like you went like you, <laughs> you walked down the stimulants? hall of a vending machine <laughs> what did you do like go get, a, get some hot fries and come back in for another shift or something like what's up with that <laughs> she's man she's right
2: back there I forget. Does she stop by and talk to Seven of Nine before that scene? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love Seven. I'm like, who? She's building the model of the Voyager. <laughs> no, she's
0: got like she went to Guinan's and got like a. I thought she was building a, a model. Voyager. No, she's building something oh, else. Okay, man. but she had a little Voyager. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, fat little ship. <laughs> no, but I like, I you know when we did the best of Riker, the essential Riker episode, you know, of the podcast. Uh like one of the things that I brought up was I loved seeing Riker in command, whether it was a matter of honor or peak performance or best of both worlds. It's like I just loves and then even in even in um Lower Decks. Lower Decks but at in Arcadia Ego in season 1 finale of Picard. Like I love seeing Riker in that captain's chair like fully in command and he and and you know when he when he gets command you can tell he is now in command of this ship and like it just feels like that's where he belongs yeah and he's like I'm taking this this ship and her crew home yeah like that's his goal and that's his
0: goal and and like he makes the point too um, which I think sometimes perhaps like the, the audience is forgetting that because we're just so used to like Federation starships you know just being able to like blow enemy vessels out the water like the mission envelope for this is not the same as a galaxy or a sovereign class ship right like this particular even though like it's it's you know a a good looking ship it's meant for support and it doesn't have like the same like uh, firepower that these other ships do so he has to think about like what can I do with this From a defensive or an offensive um, standpoint, and I personally think he makes the right decision of like we got to get the heck out of here, man. We got it, like we got it, like like Shaw, like Shaw. I think was like more rough around the edges with it, but they're essentially doing the same thing. Like we got to focus on the crew and their safety and get the heck out of Dodge, no matter what.
2: Yeah, and and
0: despite Picard saying no,
2: engage the guys. What did you think of that whole the whole storyline? Is this like? creating conflict for conflict's sake because it seems really strange that Picard is like here we have to fight like turn and engage and fight it just like why is he so adamant about it it it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me I don't know if it made a lot of sense to either one of you
1: well I mean he obviously like in next-gen he was more the negotiator but you know in his early days he he was definitely a more offensive captain though. when you think about like some of the stargazer stuff like and his whole demeanor when he was young, like he, he'll, he'll stand and fight with the rest of them and it, it kind of depends on the man or, or the woman or whatever the person, where when your back's against the wall, do you it's fight or flight. And I think that the categorization of Picard has always been fight. I don't I you know talk but fight I don't I don't think Picard's necessarily a runner the thing that bothered me about it is when we brought in this stupid portal gun which look I I don't like it I don't know just me I think the portal thing is stupid but what I found to be odd and it sort of it sort of seems to me like a, almost like a check of Picard is that when you stand and fight and they have a portal gun, they're just going to redirect any shot that you take back at you because it's a portal gun. Yep. yep. And why, why it wasn't, you know, why we didn't think about that, why nobody on the ship, and it couldn't it maybe okay maybe Picard didn't think about it but like why anybody else on the ship didn't come up with this Maybe like
2: the tactical officer
1: which (laughs) exactly which which is why for this it's going to be really hard come delta time because I don't think that in the writing they did enough thought process surrounding the actual operations of engagement and spent too much time trying to tell a story of fatherhood which is fine but they didn't spend enough time actually thinking about the bigger premise of their battle, which they kept, you know, coming back to, you know, run in the the chase and the hide and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean the, the conflict to me and then like to jump (laughs) far ahead, the one thing that I didn't like is effectively the last thing that Riker says to Picard. Yeah. Basically, that you've yeah. killed us all. Yeah, I who don't
2: said, like. Who that. said? Who said fire?
1: Right. Who, yeah. who gave that order? Yeah, that seems like a shirk of responsibility onto somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that, and that's that's one of those things when it flashed up that jo- Jonathan Frakes directed this one, right? He did. I, yeah. I'm remembering that correctly. It was like, brother, come on, man, you know your character
2: better than that.
1: Yeah, but he's not
2: writing it.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: So, can we talk about the portal thing just a little bit more?
2: Yes, I think we need to. Okay. So,
0: the the first time I saw it, like with when they were like using it, like not not like with like the Starfleet building or anything like that. Um, but like when they were using it in space. There were quite a few questions that were coming up. Like, one, how do you create a stable singularity like that? But that's fine. Um, But the other thing was, like, oh, shoot. So, like, do they know Picard has a son because this is, like, a multiple reality thing? Because of how... I know. It annoyed the crap out of me, too, until I saw, like, what was happening as it continued to play out, David. But, like, as it... Like, as the Titan, like, went through the bubble and, like, started to come out, I'm like, oh, man, don't tell me we just went to, like, a parallel universe or something or, or whatever. That was, like, how it looked and, like, seeing the Shrike, like, just there waiting. I'm like, great. We're in an alternate universe. And then we just kept, you know going through like all these other portals just coming back to the same spot. I'm like, okay it's not, it's just a, it's just fine
1: okay, cool. But how do you create it this is Mm. okay. I think it's more than that it's not just the creation, it's the direction you're, so sweep creation aside you are directing it like the, 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 the occurrence isn't random I mean, how how getting past how you created it how the hell it was ever created but then how are you able to direct from one point to another like how is that possible
2: right how do you know where it's going to come out yeah yeah i don't know this is i don't know it's a it's a it's a plot it's a plot device we'll see how they use it well also is it It is.
1: is it short range or long range like, could that be the next wave of actual space travel where you're there in an instant? Well, I mean, it was it. it, it I think it has. To, well, what do you mean? Like, so, so, so say you, you set it up in the nebula, but your return or your exit portal is at Earth.
2: I, I see. I thought you meant like from where you shoot it to where it first opens the portal, because yeah. like it's it's. This is the thing that links these two stories together. The first thing we see is here we've got the portal device from Vatic's ship, and we have the portal from the bombing of or the attack on the Starfleet Recruitment Center that Rafi's investigating.
1: Also, just another another point of that. So this this ship has like unlimited energy to continue opening portals. I mean that oh. thing has to draw an amazing amount of energy to create a portal, even short range. I mean it would seem like that would take a lot of energy, and this this one little ship has that much energy to just continue to pump them out. Well, like, it's there's not no it's down. not a
2: little ship. It's like a scimitar yeah. size yeah. ship, yeah. Yeah, right? Sure. Yeah, more or less. Yeah.
0: This is the thing. Like I need to like step back from like what we're actually like talking about. Like. I think I've I've brought this up at one point in another show that we've we've done you know weekly reviews on. I realize this is like a fictional show and this is like three hundred some odd years in the future. Um, but I just miss the fact that we're we've tur- we're turning this show, and if I get if I get hate tweets for that this or whatever it's fine but. I really dislike the fact that we've turned this show from sci fi to sci fantasy with stuff like this. Like, there was like grounding, right, in like the technology and the science that we would be doing in like the trek that we grew up on, basically. And that even our, our parents would have grown up on with original series to, to an extent, I suppose. Um, and now we're just like saying hey cool we have a singularity gun we can just point it wherever we want to and just cool
1: yeah there yeah. has to be some explanation cause even if like you're, you're popping into other nerddoms like Stargate there was a unimaginable small portable power
2: source you know from a society that was millions of years old though right whose technology would appear to be magic right yep okay anyway i don't know we've got this portal gun right and we were trying to escape the nebula but we keep getting portaled and corralled and now we have to go back into the nebula right we can't we can't escape we gotta run back and hide we're going into the nebula yeah. And Captain Shaw, yeah. as he's like on his medical bed, how are they finding us? How do they? How do they know where we are? That was probably a bad impression. That's fine. <laughs> that, was, that was a good stash for impression. Good job. <laughs> anyway, um, and and Jack's like, ah, goes to seven of nine. You were a Fenris Ranger. Let's help. Let's figure this out. How does he know uh, that she was a Fenris wrote. Ranger? I don't know, whatever. And they figure, it, they figure it out. There's like a vertrium or, leak and, you know, hey, that's how, they're, that's how they're tracking us. And we're leaving a trail of breadcrumbs or blood in the water or whatever. And, you know, Jack punches somebody again because we're always punching people. And he and Seven Bye. of Nine go down to some engineering place to try to find this vertrium leak
0: so yeah um, two things about this like verti- vertrium fortirium ver- vert- yeah verterium leak um, like if there was a leak one, two, five, thirteen, 13 you know throughout the ship how unless I just miss something guys how is like anyone on any shift? of any engineering team missing that like there should shouldn't there be like a system something like a like a backup of a backup that like pops up like hey by the way you're leaking this thing
2: yeah shouldn't like the operations officer or the science officer on the bridge hey we're detecting a leak in you know well, leak well l- l- I don't detect no leak <laughs> let's let's pop pop the
1: cork a little bit here you know we got a saboteur and I guess you could possibly explain it in a way that they had say disa- somehow disabled that particular I don't know whatever but like that's
0: but that's the whole premise of like the- of what's going on right yeah. like but even still like if I don't know I don't know I don't like it I don't like it but, like, the the other thing, too, is, like, when Jack does punch someone and we see, like, this, like, face-changing thing, like, I honestly thought it was, like, um, um, did y'all see, um, uh, Captain America, um, the Winter Soldier? I think it was Winter Soldier. Yes,
2: I saw that one.
0: So, if, if I'm not mistaken, like, at the top of, um, uh, was it, like, Shield HQ and, like, um. DC or whatever in that movie. Um there's a point where we don't know about it as an audience until it happens, but like Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff is wearing some kind of like holographic mask to appear as Helen Mirren, right? Was that Helen Mirren? I think it's Helen Mirren. Some lady. Some lady. And she takes it off and um uh, it's like uh-oh, Scadíos type of thing. So that's what I thought was going on. I thought it was actually for a split second, I thought it was Lore wearing like one of those like holographic masks that I'm kind of describing.
2: Like a, like, of like a, mission, a like a Mission Impossible mask.
0: I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Instead of the thing that uh it we we
2: later find out about in this episode. Mhm. Yep, and yeah, Jack's trying to stop the leak and he gets assaulted by this guy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Which, then there's, like, some weird, like,
0: upside-down vibes going on with, like, seven kind of, like, dreams standing
2: over him. Yeah, he like, was hallucinating from the gas, and, yeah, they do look like upside-down vines. The door yeah, is, is open.
0: Just need some, like, running up that hill going for him to be okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, get away from Vecta. Stay away from Vecta. No, That's not
2: good. Play the master of puppets. <laughs>
1: Everyone knows that's how you be Vecna, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that'll have some tie in to why Jack's special. He's from the upside
0: down. He's from an alternate universe. Mm, please stop.
2: He's from the mirror. He's, he's from, from the side. mirror universe. Oh my god. No, oh no. please stop. Oh please god. stop. I, oh did, I did not just oh put that out there. Yep. I don't really oh god. like it. Oh god. Oh god. up <sighs> I think it's time we jump to the other storyline, because this reveal, I think think we need to go to the other storyline, right? Okay. Before we come back to the end of this one. All right, start the timer. Ready? 17 seconds.
0: (laughs) So, stuff happened in the last episode with Rafi. Got saved by some old guy with white hair. Uh, with a sword-looking thing called a Curleth. Oh, by the way, it's wharf And uh, they're talking about tea and coming off of being high. And you want sugar with that. And beheadings are for Wednesdays. And by the way... Um, I am Warf, son of Moog.
2: No, no, I wanted to do it. Okay, fine. <laughs> you can do it, but it's like, it. I am Warf, son of Moog. Like, that's where he normally stops, right? I am Warf, son of Moog. And the joke I was making earlier, we just got to keep adding things to your title, right? No, that's that's right. where I was going right. with this. Like, okay, <laughs> I am Warf, son of Moog, house of Martok. Okay, that's that's good. We're we're fine there. Nope, more. Son of Sergei, house of Rishanko okay fine you know your adopted father you you're claiming him i love this bane to the duras family like is there any more duras family (laughs) out there because like duras is dead lursa and bator are dead we know duras had that son that like war spared his life and then he came back in that D Space nine episode but who knows if he's still out there right but like bane to the duras family Slayer of Gauron. <laughs> He's literally added is. Slayer of Gauron to his official title.
0: <laughs> Since when did Wharf become Daenerys Targaryen? <laughs>
2: no, but it's like like is has Gauron's reputation within the Klingon Empire like fallen that low that like Slayer of Gauron is something I wanna like celebrate? Like Gauron was such a terrible person, and I slayed him. I saved the Klingon Empire by slaying Gowron. Oh, man. <laughs> Slayer of Gowron. And he's like and then what what does he say? He says right after that he's like, i made some chamomile tea. Do you take sugar?
1: <laughs> I like the wharf stuff. It was just uh, yeah. it was it was that kind of classic wharf, you know, off brand, dry humor. I enjoyed it. It's like as they say.
2: I'm working on myself. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: yeah, they. so him and Rafi, they have, like, that little heart-to-heart, and, like, he does, like, his, like, Daenerys Targaryen, you know, Scorched Earth thing. That's fine. Um, and then him basically saying, I know that it wasn't this person, but I know who it was. Let's go get him. hmm and you're gonna go back undercover, and I'm gonna be kind of lurking around, basically. So we go back to Metallus Prime, or whatever it is. We go to like the city underbelly, basically. We go to bl- we go to the- we we're doing Blade Runner, is what we're doing, basically. Um, Rafi goes um, looking for this person and um, just acting all sorts of suspicious. Rafi and the person she's after by the way and uh, we finally find the person Rika I think was the name Rika Rika Rika, yeah something like that yeah and uh, we start following him and uh, he's he knows he's being tailed he knows and uh, after you know some dramatic you know running through the aisles of the outdoor supermarket um, she loses him but guess who finds him Daenerys Targaryen. Then the choke slam
2: through the table. And then he's like, <laughs> "Beheadings are on Wednesday." <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we we take Rika and, um, anyways, Ra- Rafaela because Worf always uses the formal name, doesn't he? Rafaela brings yeah. you know him and Rafaela, Rafi, and uh, Rika all end up on the La Serena, and um, he's in his, this little interrogation chair. And, uh... Yeah, he's not high. We're
2: about to get us a big reveal, dude. Yeah, he becomes a changeling. Because Worf recognizes that he's having trouble keeping his solid form. But, like... Does he? Like, because Odo was past that point of, like, hiding that from people by the time Worf showed up. Right? And, uh... Well, whatever. Okay, I can, I can, I can accept that. Not too terrible. What I can't accept is this: if this guy is a changeling, why doesn't he turn around a corner and changeling into somebody different than the person that they're looking for? Right? Why does he have to hold this one form for so long? Why can't he turn into a rat on the street and scurry away? Why can't he turn into some sort of Metallus Prime bird thing and fly away? Why is he forced to stay in this form? Yeah, Eric, you're asking all the right questions.
1: Well, because it would have denied Warfall his brilliant exposition that was actually more yes. pointed to, towards Rafi than, <laughs> than the Changeling. <laughs> Anger is your enemy. You have a warrior's heart.
0: So yeah, we we have the changelings back, mm. and apparently um, they're there for misdirection. It was never about
2: this or that. It was about the other thing. No, he is like after the Dominion, you know. Um, a terrorist. Cell. No, after they they conceded the Dominion War, right? They capitulated, you know they went back to the gamma quadrant and they're still in charge in the gamma quadrant losing the war they didn't lose territory in the gamma quadrant they're still over there imposing their order and their will but like not everyone in the great link agreed that that they should have just left well enough alone right some people decided we have to attack the federation again And uh, like Worf must have known that this was going to eventually lead to a changeling because it feels like he's like a a man. I saw contact from the Great Link, a man of great honor, which I really like that line. You know, just a little tribute to Odo and Rene Aubergeon. Right. Uh, Rest, rest in peace, Rene. Um, But like. Worf must have known that this was going to lead to changelings if he got contacted by odo and maybe that's why he was trying to tell rafi like back off your job is done you don't get involved in this right and made that's what made Worf become a subcontractor right his interests align <laughs> right but eventually they they brainstormed together and they realized that you know this destruction of this this Federation Recruitment Center was just a diversion from something bigger. Something else that people wanted to steal. Yep. Yep. And that's about that storyline, right? Yep. So, we're back.
0: And uh, the face-changing punch thing, apparently that's a changeling. Apparently there are changelings changeling or changelings all up on the titan um causing mischief of one kind and another so yeah um so yeah there's there's a leak and um that's how the shrike is finding it because there are changelings that have infiltrated basically um so the question that i have and i i defer to my most excellent colleague on this um Senior Commander Eric, uh, when it comes to like some of the Deep Space Nine stuff, so when we, when we're like specifically um, like when when Cisco is, he's attached uh, with um, the most dastardly admiral that we've dealt with. There were changeling detectors, weren't there? That had been built and installed yes so I mean I realized that like we aren't we aren't at war with the Dominion and Changelings and stuff anymore like we weren't like post you know Deep Space Nine that we know of but wouldn't it make sense to kind of like keep that around like to have it somewhere like doing something on like ships or something. Yeah, but
2: who I don't who knows how widespread the the changeling detector technology was. I don't think it was something that was installed on every ship, right? So I mean, that's where I would say that. Sure. But like I, I like clearly clearly these two storylines are related, right? We know they're related because there's a changeling on each ship both the both attacks both situations use the portal weapon right use our we have a portal gun and big enough for a ship and we have like a like where did the other portal get launched from? that's why i thought david like what are you talking about like distance right because where did that portal get launched from that swallowed up the building that was my quote like where did where did they do? Lo- they launch that from inside the building. Do they somehow manage to infiltrate the building and set it off there, sort of like a bomb? Who knows? We'll hopefully we'll figure that out, right? They'll tell yeah. us. But okay, so we've got this storyline, right? Clearly, Vadic is working with the changelings, right? Mm-hmm. Is Vadic a changeling herself, right? I think she's an XB personally. Oh, you think she's an XB? Okay. Mm-hmm. And who are these other aliens that are? wearing hoods. We don't know what they look like yet. We, I don't know what language they're speaking. I don't think we, we were supposed to know. Like, they're hidden from us. Unless they're Zindi <clears throat> with all those clicking. Okay. Who knows? Maybe they're the Schisms aliens. Oh. oh wouldn't that be <laughs> Anyway, Anyway, but like, what does the, what do the, like, if they're after, if Vatic is after Jack, who? Hey, I don't think this has anything to do with Jack. This has to do with Picard. Well, Picard's right there. You have one hour to come over to surrender yourself to our ship. Like the Enterprise, E, was not it or was not involved in the Dominion War at all. They were purposefully left out of it. Right? Just like Pike ship, Pike and the Enterprise were were purposely left out of. The Klingon War, right? In Discovery, right? They they weren't there. They were they were not a part of it. You're off to the side. We don't want you involved in this. So like, as far as we know, Picard has had no interaction with changelings or the Dominion. Like, what is their interest in him? Why are they after him? Why are they after Jack, who they're really after? You know, Picard for like. I. I this is what I'm curious about. Like what, what mm-hmm. relation do they have? Because Picard had no involvement with the dominion war whatsoever. Yeah. And,
0: and part of me thinks XB, I think if, if Vatik is XB, I think her base is Romulan, even though her, like you look at the ears, the ears don't really look Romulan, but like they call her the marked lady. Um, in the show and whenever you like you look at um, if you go and look back at like um, like Hugh for instance um, in the show Hugh and the other XBs there are like similar like kind of like face markings and like tape areas or I don't know what I don't know what to call like just like things on their face right like that show like a like a, a gap or whatever between skin and synthetic something or another so that's why I'm thinking it's an XB like, she's an XB. Um, and, like, with the name Vadic, it just kind of sounds kind of Romulan to me. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, those two things, like, Borg, X-Borg, and Romulan, makes the most sense from a Picard standpoint. Yeah, from for, this
2: show's history, yeah.
0: Yes. Makes the most sense as, like, a big bad and why they have... You know, an axe to grind with Picard.
2: Yeah, but well, we how also does, have how to worry does the about Dominion, a bigger weapon too. how does the Dominion play in? How do the Changelings play into the XBs? Like, what do they have to do with each other? And how does Lore and Moriarty fit into all of this? There's too much yeah. stuff going on. There's, yeah, there's and we're stuff. three up. We're three episodes in, and I feel like I know nothing. We're a third of the way through this show. And I know nothing. I'm Jon Snow over here. This is
0: <laughs> this is how season two started off, where we had two or three episodes of preamble, you know, in LA, and then nothing really happened. David, you were st- you were saying something. I, I want to make sure I heard it.
1: Oh, I was just saying that. Yeah, apparently, at least by Warf's reckoning, that this portal technology was not the original target from the Daystrom Institute. Yeah, there's something bigger.
0: Mm-hmm. So, we've I think we we talked about it briefly, but you know, like with the portal weapon, they like the Titan crew, they are trying to leave. Like we finally like charged up the batteries, charged up the warp core right to be able to get the heck out. And um um we we're trying to do this so we're we're, you know, going through the same door over and over again we're on a freaking treadmill going nowhere and uh, you know we're trying if we you know just fire maybe you know that'll give us enough like boom to be able to you know zip out of here oh by the way we're gonna launch the portal weapon and let the portal thing carry our um, all our firepower
2: to hit us and um, blame Picard for it and we get we get shot with our own weapons we're out of power, we're falling deeper into the nebula, and Riker's uh, bling, like, I think it's supposed to be like a really poignant moment, but as David said, it seems out of character here. Okay. Like, you can remove yourself from the bridge, you've just killed us all. Which I understand Riker's like, like, belief that they're not gonna get out of this and he's not gonna get his crew home, but like, he gave the order to fire. Like, yeah, you take recommendations from your from your bridge staff, but in the end, you made the decision. I mean I, I
0: mean, inevitably they're gonna like mend
2: fences and be fine. I mean that's just how it is. Well, I mean I, I mean Jonathan Frakes did give an interview where he said like their relationship in this season is, is much more confrontational than it than you would expect it to be. So it's probably gonna take some time for them to resolve this. But why? Why though? Why what? Why does it have to be more confrontational? Because conflict drives drama and action. Right? <clears throat> yeah. Mm. I mean,
1: doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, it can, but like, what? I mean, there also has to be a point. I mean, there has to be some underlying. You know, thing that, that drives it you can't just randomly put conflict in something just to make it and, and it makes sense like they've had an entire life <laughs> effectively together and I mean sure they're going to disagree but at the same token I mean what are you going to oh Riker needs to prove that he's a good captain to his old Captain Picard or his kids or your kids I, I don't know I don't get it I don't I don't know why you have to turn longtime friends against each other for the sake of conflict without Not an true. underlying theme there to to set it on. But no, I mean you're right. That's that's definitely definitely true. It just seems like the wrong conflict. Heck, even even bringing up this stuff with uh with L- uh, LaForge's kid here where you know uh, I wanted to be a pilot it was unimaginable to be an engineer it's like I mean Jordy was on the bridge in season one Jordy was the helmsman he was the helmsman it's like <laughs> it's not that far fetched
2: he was the blind he man flying the ship yeah
1: exactly and what do you think Jordy's gonna be disappointed that you didn't go into engineering I highly doubt that he probably cares more that you
0: were just doing what you made you happen. Listen,
2: yeah. listen, children don't have to have the same job their parents had. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. What? I mean, what? Jake Sisko did not join Starfleet yeah. and that was A-OK with Benjamin Sisko.
1: Well, uh, so wait. Travis from Enterprise, you know, he was supposed to take over the family business and be freight haulers, but no, he, he became a well, pilot. In, in yeah, but the his, new... family
2: had, his family had a problem with that, though.
1: Exactly. They had a problem with it, but it is what it is. You know, sometimes you just, you have to go your own way, man. You're right. You're right. Wait, Eric, you're telling me,
0: you're telling me that you're not an attorney. I'm not, and I never wanted to be one. <laughs> I'm learning something about new about you every time. You know, but I'm
2: just I'm just reading the synopsis from next week's episode, which I mean, maybe we shouldn't look ahead. Next week's episode, entitled "No Win Scenario," not another
0: Kobayashi Maru. I mean,
2: it's like Picard, Riker, and the crew must confront the sins of their past as the Titan drifts ho- helplessly in a mysterious space anomaly. Oh, cool. What are the sins of their past? Maybe we'll learn who this Vadic is. Next time on Star Trek: Picard. The past comes back to haunt you. Again. <laughs> again. Again. I mean, okay. No, for real this time. No, like I think this episode. So I think we're done with this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think. I think we're done.
0: All right, you heard the senior commander on this one. <laughs> let's let's move into the evaluation portion, gents. Let's talk about the Delta, different divisions of Starfleet service, and how well they were, or maybe weren't, represented on screen. David, what are you thinking, bud? What am I thinking? Oh, my God. That's a loaded question. I know. I know. I know.
1: I mean, Eric had kind of, or uh, maybe it was, Ch- I don't remember. What of you pointed out, um, you know, Riker assuming command, and he was effectively listening to options and stuff. There's, there's, there's just, there's, um, there's a lot of wishy-washy, I think, in in this regard, where, you know, Shaw, who I think we debated about, you know, maybe not necessarily, the most respectful person, but also maybe not necessarily the worst captain in the world. He was looking out for his crew. Um. And then he makes a decision after being injured, which, fair enough. You know, you, you turn over your command codes to a former commander of the Titan, more recently, you know, en- engaged in, in actual ship captaining. Um, you know, Riker, Riker's character was, was a little bit interesting for me, especially towards the end of the episode. Um, but, like, I just... I just don't I just don't know it's really really tough to like give it a command because I I don't really I don't really see it I don't think that that was such a central theme of the episode that I can honestly sit here and say that there's like some true semblance of command which hopefully one of you guys can reason out so I, I gotta pass by operations engineering that whole thing is such a cluster right now that I can't do anything with that either there's too many unanswered questions you know the the fact that you you can't you can't determine that there's a leak on your ship you can't you know find any sort of you know sabotage of your systems to tell you that maybe something was turned off and we didn't even say that that was just something I threw out there as like a coping mechanism I guess um, but you know the portal technology we're not explaining how that's even possible uh, we're, we're, we're just I, I don't know I, I just I guess they were able to get the warp core back online, I suppose. That's, that's engineering. But I just, I, again, I feel like I just want to pass it by. I mean, as far as, like, you know, science, you do have, like, that somewhat interesting Beverly scene where she's able to figure out there's internal bleeding. So I guess that's, like, you know, medical science there in a way. But, I mean, I think that the story is so centralized around just this father son thing that it kind of throws a lot of the other stuff at the out the window so I want to nitpick it so bad so I don't even know if I can give deltas I'm just not going to do it I, I refuse to participate <sighs>
2: David I think the word you're looking for is abstain <laughs> Thank I <you>. abstain <laughs> I appreciate that <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're I think you're mostly right about everything you just said, David. It's like I wanna try to find some command. I mean Shaw, like turning over command to Riker was that the right decision? Probably, right? <laughs> I mean, what other choice does he have? Because he he can I mean he could bring seven of nine. He could reinstate her and let her take command of the ship, but. Does he have any trust in her right now? So like you can kind of say, Shaw made a good command decision in that moment. And I like like Riker like being in command and saying, my my duty right now is to get this ship and her crew home, not to fight my enemy, but to protect my people. And that's what a captain should do. And you know, he was listening to his sign. He kept going to his science officer Right? And listening to her. And, um, but then, you know, and then he made the, and then when they couldn't get out, he's like, keep running. But, you know, when the warp core comes back on, let's, let's get out of here. Fly. Let's fly, let's fly, right? Hit it. Um, but then he realized he couldn't do that. And, you know, so like, I feel like Riker is making the right decisions for the most part. I'm like, what's he supposed to do at the end? He has almost no choice but to engage, you know, and in you know tactically. But you know, he did. Where was the tactical officer to tell him, "Hey, maybe the portal weapon could be used against us this way"? Like, I don't know. And and then, yeah, it does feel like shirking responsibility. Like when he tells Picard, "You just killed us all." So, like, I want. I, I feel like Riker did a good job. For the most part. Um So it's difficult because I want to give one to him. Uh, but I'm not sure if I can because of that last line. I just don't agree with it. Um As far as, like, science and engineering, like, Seven of Nine and Jack were fixing the verterium leak. That's engineering, right? They were interrupted by the saboteur, but they figured they figured it out they they did something there to figure figure out what the problem was and they were fixing it um so there's something there right um as much as you chase called it a fantasy weapon and david hates it the portal weapon is a feat of science and engineering isn't it we've we've given deltas because of things the bad guys have done before why can't we do it now um, yeah we, how does it work how does it explain maybe you want to take some of that away because yeah it probably has to recharge it probably takes a lot of power and how does it work is it grounded in is it grounded in any science we don't know but there's, there's something there like in the end I'm not sure if I'm giving any deltas but I think you can squint hard hard to, to try and find something Okay, all right.
1: All right, squinting away. Squint hard.
0: (laughs) Squint hard. Squint harder. All right. So, um, I feel like I kind of have to give it since I pointed it out, but I guess I'll give the command just because I pointed it out. Like it's diet pike, right? Um, and, And I know as a leader, I've screwed up. But it doesn't mean that my leadership is a complete dumpster fire, and that's completely like disregarded because of mistakes that I make or deci- or whatever it might might be in, in the moment. So he's he like, like we've said, you know, Riker is fully there. Whenever you know, like the command codes and like all the command systems and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, are transferred to him, and he's getting you know information from his his department heads, basically, his his you know his senior bridge officers. So I gotta give it to him, like even though I didn't like the thing that he said to Picard at the very end, I think he still gets it personally, and. As much crap as we gave, you know, Dr. Oak and, and even Dr. Crusher, I mean, you, you got some of that going on too, right? Like, you got... You have, like, medical science stuff that's going on um, on how we can take care of our dear Captain Shaw and, you know, stabilize him, um, even if there is some butthole drama that goes on along the way. So... There's that, and... I mean like the the leak and all that yeah it's kind of unfortunate but I mean there's the engineering piece and then whatever the heck Seven is building in her quarters that's something engineering right like we don't know what it is I mean it could be like a vintage lunchbox for all we know but she's building something she got her 3D printer she got her replicator she's like girl's getting after it let's go um so I guess I'm feeling generous so like I'm giving all of it because why not um Yeah, we gotta have balance on this show, guys. We gotta have balance. We gotta have balance. Alright, let's go into our numerical rating. One being a dumpster fire, ten being amazing. Let's go in reverse order. Eric. How would you rate this episode?
2: Yeah, I think this episode pushes Chase's um Wrath of Khan like comparison even further right because now we're in a nebula we're fully in the nebula like we were in wrath of khan we've got you know we can't get out right our sensors aren't working for some reason we can't get out we've been now shot right like the enterprise was damaged right from a volley of federation weapons right and now it's damaged and it is somehow sinking into the nebula, and we're being chased by a bad guy who's just bad to be bad, right? <laughs> now nah, that's not maybe not fair to Khan. Bad to be bad. He probably had a legitimate gripe against against Kirk there. Um, but like, <clears throat> to me, we need to know what who Vatic is and what she's doing because right now she's just generic bad guy. That's all she is right now. She's, like, even smoking her cigar in this episode. Like, I'm m- a bad guy. <laughs> like, like, I mean, who is she? <laughs> what is she doing? If we don't – I know you want to, like, tease things and build up to it. But unless we know who she is and what, what she's after, then why do I care? And I feel like three episodes into this show – a third of the way through i don't know it i don't have any information to like really care yeah this whole episode was centered around the father-son relationships and i get that you're making a theme there but drive my story forward i don't think this had to take three episodes to get us to this point right here I think we even said that last week, right? Um, I, I wanna, I, it's not like, oh, I've gotta know. It's like, I have to know to care. And I'm just not so sure that show is doing enough to make me care right now. And I think that's a problem. I don't think this is a bad episode by any stretch of the imagination. I think, I think visually it looks incredible, right? I think there's, I think Jonathan Frakes has a deft hand behind the camera. I think he directed it well. <clears throat> I'm not gonna be too hard on it because there's there are there are good and poignant moments in here, um, but I, I can't go too high, and, and I'm not knowing where either one of the two of you is going to come down, which is kind of why I like sometimes to go second because I, I can adjust my rating. Not like, oh, this is what you gave it, so now I know what I should give it. But, you know, sometimes I can do a little tweaking of it if I go second. You still can, my dude. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to give it a 7.5, right? I think it's better than last week's episode. Um, most of that is just the look of it, and there's I think there is some good dialogue here. But on the whole, we need to pick up the pace. We really do. Like, let's let's get to it. Okay. So,
0: um, for me, this episode, I thought this episode was much better than episode two. Um, I think, like with with episode two, it was just kind of, it just felt like it was like all over the place at times. And, um, with this, like, it, it, as, as much as, like, we're kind of picking on, like, certain aspects of it, like, we wish, like, this, there would have been more of this or less of that or whatever, um, I'm not going to say it was the dreaded, like, F word or anything like that that Eric likes to point out from time to time. Filler, by the way, this is a family show. Filler is the F word. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um I mean there was like a, a wee bit of it that kind of had like that vibe to it but for the most part I did enjoy it. Um I it did, it just it keeps being Wrath of Khan. Like I like Wrath of Khan,
2: but I don't like go wa- I'm un- going to go watch Wrath of Khan if I want to watch Wrath of Khan. Right, and even this like bringing the Saboteur in like
0: I, I mean it it's just like, I like Undiscovered Country, too, but, like, if I want to watch Undiscovered Country, i going to go watch Undiscovered Country, right? So I want to see, like, my, my gripe is I want to start seeing more originality instead of, like, this rehashed, like, amazing, like, these, like like, amazing Star Trek movies from our original
2: series cast. Yeah, and not to interrupt you, but we did just have an amazing episode where we had our ship Inside of not a nebula, but inside a dangerous space anomaly where we were hiding from an enemy that had a big ship that was chasing us. And we did that much better there.
0: Yeah, but I I did. I I like seeing like some growth. There were some some I think there were some very subtle growth moments and like some very subtle um, even bridge crew like development, like we saw with like Sydney and we saw with, um, our operations, our science, um, officers. I really like to see them. Sh- I really liked seeing them shine and get a little bit of time to, you know, contribute to, to stuff instead of just being like window dressing, like we've seen in other star Trek shows recently. I'm not going to mention the name. Um, it's going to be ending in 2024 though. So it's fine. Um, Overall, like, I think we need to pick up the pace just like we did in season two of Picard. So I'm with Eric on that. Um, but let's do it because it's the right thing to do, not just because we like old movies, right? Like, let's just not try and fill 10 episodes. But At this point, I'm starting to worry that we're just, we have a five episode story that we, we have to tell in 10, basically. Um, so the number that I came in is actually was actually pretty close to what Eric was giving. Um, so this is an improvement over last week for me, and I'm comfortable giving this a 7.4 for this week. I, this is a pretty decent episode, in my opinion. So, David, bring us home.
1: So, Chase, you're just expounding on the things that we've all been talking about. And how these shows are made, I hate to, and, and uh, th- this isn't like <laughs> picking on you or anything. Oh, but, but it, is. <laughs> oh, it, it, it isn't really because we've all said it. There's no originality. I don't think that there's enough respect given to the ideal that created all of this universe sure i don't think we're in good enough hands to understand that because what we're doing now is we're doing formulaic tv we're getting into an era where everything is basically procedural drama shows to go off on a small tangent my fiance's dad broke her leg we went over there hung out with him a little bit and he was watching some new cop show it was terrible it was a terrible show like there was no plot with what it had it was so shaky the characters were shallow the acting was bad and it it just wasn't anything to latch on to but people watch it because it's low-information TV. What I loved about Star Trek is that it made you think. It made you explain, even in Gobbledygook, it made you explain what you were doing. It made you think about the future. It made you think about what could be. It made you dream. Picard is a very introspective show which I get, I'm not necessarily opposed to, but I do not feel that they are doing enough to make it memorable. One small rewrite, completely understanding that I have zero idea how to write television, zero idea how to write movies, books, any of that. I don't know how to do it. But if you wanted to put blame on Picard in this show what you should have done, again, strictly an opinion, he should have taken over the ship and said, Admiral's prerogative, Riker, stand down. This is my call. I am taking command of the Titan. You wanted to, Which is effectively what he did with Shaw at the end of season, episode two. Kind of, yes. Yeah. But my whole thing is, if you're going to if you're going to bring up this introspection and we're talking you know eric had brought up the whole synopsis for the next show about uh, returning to whatever uh looking at the sins of your past or however that was worded yeah you have to shoot the shark a little bit you have to jump it just a little bit you know you don't have to do full fonzie but you got you, you, you gotta commit and there, i i don't i don't feel much commitment here now, the stuff with the with with Jack and the 17 seconds. I think it's I think it's a sweet idea. I think that anyone who has kids, I think could really look at that and see themselves in it and get lost a bit in that little subplot. That's fine. I'm I'm with you there. But we're not explaining enough and I think what the two of you have have you know said so far is we, we have 10 episodes, we're in episode 3, we have zero idea what's going on just like every other show we've watched I'm not going to stop watching, but every show we watch, we don't know what's going to happen or why there's a conflict until the very end and to me, that's not captivating, because the, the big reveal, right the big breadcrumb, was changelings we glossed over that changeling thing like that. We didn't talk a lot about that because it wasn't that big of a, re- a reveal, I feel, to us at least. Sure. So, while I, you know, I enjoyed watching the episode, I thought it was I thought it was fine. You know, but it, it just it leaves itself open to poking a lot of holes in it, and, and that that just kind of stinks because, look. Captain Picard is to me that that's my captain right there. Patrick Stewart's the man. I just I don't I don't know that they're I don't know that they're settling into something that's that's truly going to be memorable and I just want them to send off Patrick Stewart the right way R- with the full realization that he won't be around forever. Okay? He will not be around forever. And to have two seasons that we did not rate particularly high that's kind of a bit of a downtrodden moment for me because I, I really want it to be good especially when you're going to bring back all the original cast um, but, with it, but with that said just as far as a rating was it better than last week? Yes was it as good as the first episode? No um I think I'm going to be just a, a bit lower than you guys cuz I don't I don't want to be like flametastic or anything like that cuz I didn't hate it but I think a 7.2 is where I'm going to land.
0: Okay. So just to recap, Eric gave it a 7.5, David a 7.2, and myself with a 7.4, which gives us an overall rating of a 7.36 or just rounded up to a 7. There we go.
2: There we go.
0: Um, Well, I know that we're going kind of long for for this particular episode, so um, without any further ado, let's talk about the most important part of the the episode before we get out of here, and that, of course, is the Twitter poll. Twitter poll. All right, so um, you know me. I ask very important questions on Twitter. And this one, of course, was who is your preferred Star Trek Captain Space Dad? Who is your preferred Star Trek Captain Space Dad? The choices were
2: Kirk, Sisko, Riker, Picard. Is that a real question? Who's your favorite Space Dad? Who's your preferred? And you put Sisko as one of the choices? I did. If it's not... 80%, 80%, I'll be shocked. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. They Cisco, so yeah, they had so much. Obviously. They had so much development with, with, with Jake and and just even the stuff with Nog and everything. Yeah, no brainer. Yeah. So I'll tell...
0: I mean, we're going to go through the results, but I want to tell you about like watching this poll uh, whenever I put it up and, and how much fun it was. <clears throat> okay, shall we go to the results?
2: Please do
0: Okay So just to to recap Who is your preferred Star Trek Captain Space Dad? Choices were Kirk, Sisko, Riker, and Picard Okay So coming in in last place With 0% of the vote Kirk
2: Makes sense I don't know. There were some like tender-ish. Yeah, you know, in in moments. Star Trek six, you know, Klingons killed my son. I'll never forgive them for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: He's he's more the dad that gets you a beer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's the dad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Coming in
0: in third place with twenty percent, even twenty percent of the vote. Picard. All right. Coming in as our runner-up. Runner-up with 26.7% of the vote. Riker, which means that our winner, of course, is Cisco with 53.3% of the vote. Wow! Eric's 80%.
2: (laughs) But it was more than half.
0: Yes, it was more than half. So, guys, I just wanted to say, like, watching this, this poll, it was like, um, oh, how do I describe it? There's this thing that we use um, at at work sometimes, it's called um, Menti, like a mentimeter, and um, actually, have you ever ever done, um, like, word clouds, like, online or something? Like, you know, people are, like, live typing words, and, like, it's just, like, it's automatically creating, like, a word cloud for you? No idea what I'm talking about? That's okay. It's fine. So... The way that this was, like it was going back and forth, like for the longest time. Like Riker would be in the lead for a while, Cisco would be in the lead for a while, and then like it just started to like finally settle. And uh, anyways, of course, it landed on on Cisco. I'm like, I, I I like watching it. I'm like, I have no idea how this is going to end up. Like, cause I was kind of thinking it would be Cisco. But also, you know, like we're talking about Picard now being a father. So maybe there's like some recency stuff going on, you know, with, you know, him being like a preferred papa or whatever. So just thought I'd point that out. But there we go. Yeah. Cisco won 53.3%. It's been a long episode. Yeah. Let's get the heck out of here, guys. As always, thank you so much, uh, gents, for for talking Trek. We'll be back next time to talk um, episode four. Of, um, of this here voyage thing that we do um, anyways what did y'all think of the episode did y'all like it um, did you give it higher or lower what would you think about that final line by Riker to um, to our boy Picard did you like it not so much it's fine uh, let us know what you thought uh, get in contact with us at trtvpod.com you can also open up hailing frequencies entering coordinates to trtvpod.com you can also send us a voice only transmission 817 of course there is a three-minute time limit so uh, watch out otherwise we're gonna like open up the portal gun and send you somewhere do something I, I got nothing um, other than that if you want to mail us something like a little Voyager a little ship that we can put on our desk Eric would love that by the way make sure it gets to the Lone Star Station P.O. Box 2455 Azel Texas 76098 really thank you so much for tuning in and as always remember to boldly go and make it so